the reason I can deal with people misjudging me, and plenty of people do, often, is because I also don't listen to people that give me accolades. The reason people are so vulnerable to judgment is because they thirst accolades. Because they care what other people think. They thirst acclaim, they get it, but then when they get negative feedback, they've already put feedback on a pedestal. I can't hear either. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. For those of you that don't know, I'm Nick. I'm the head of education at the Sasha Group, which is a VaynerX company. And I run the Digital Discovery and Deep Dive, which is VaynerX's one-day immersion into all things social and digital marketing. So my question is, um, and I, I started took away already a lot of information from what we've been talking about all day, is that, um, so I have a ton of content that I can create, and I feel sort of mired in um, the inability to sort of ferret out, like, how to organize the content and start delivering because it's across not only just one problem that people are having, but like if you look at a woman's entire reproductive life cycle, I have 20 years of clinical experience. I work with over 10,000 women, so it's like volumes of content to be creating in PMS, cramping, menopause, pregnancy, and fertility. And I, I can't decide, like, should I just focus in on one? No. Nar- so go ahead, I'll just let you answer. Well, I'm just jumping on that one because it's so easy. I'll let you keep talking, but the answer is of course not because as you know, that just then limits you to that narrow of a thing. The, the whole punchline of this whole thing, and I'm sure for a lot of you, is driving down the cost of creative. And that is not just having the ability to produce creative at a cost that you can afford. Mm-hmm. It actually starts with your own subjective opinion about the creative. Say more about that. It's the biggest reason everyone's losing. You're judging it before it hits the day of light in your own eco chamber. The end. I have no idea how well my posts are gonna do. I have hypothesis. I have intuition. I like debating with my own self out of how good am I at knowing the current state of my audience or potential audience. But on a daily basis, I'm surprised on upside and downside of pieces of content. It's humility. It's actually respecting your customer more than your own opinion. Than your ego. Ego's just insecurity in makeup. The end. Like, what's so crazy about this little three minutes already is how unmotivated I am for anything else to talk about. Like, how I very much feel that for the majority of your businesses, I've just answered the actual question. Because now what happens, and sensing the moment with the, the, the seven of us, is if you can actually believe that, well then you can imagine how much time you spend on completely different things. Which leads to actually making what I figured out, and why the Gary Vee content model was such a big hit when I put it out, is cool. First, I needed the reactions that I just got. Second, now you decide how do you build the most efficient infrastructure to extract the most content out. Mm-hmm. At the most, co- that, I think that's the problem. It's like when you for me is that there's so much content to potentially be created. It's why. How do you do it in a cost-effective it's way? It's why I want people to build podcasts. Let me explain why. I think podcasts is a triple arbitrage. One, you get the podcast, and people are listening in the world today. Two, you film the podcast, which gives you an ungodly amount of post-production capabilities. To I mean, you guys are most likely here because you're aware of me. This is how you became aware of me. You know, the post-production capabilities of that filming give you three, four, seven, twelve. You get one motherload pod, you know, piece of content for your YouTube and Facebook video. You could then get the potential to have six to 19 pieces of other content that come from a moment or two. And then the third arbitrage and the triple arbitrage is your guest. Because then they're multiplying your exposure. I'm doing something right now that's super interesting. Literally in the last two days, I posted a question from Mark Cuban and yesterday I posted a question from Sean Mendez. At the high school. Is that right? That's awesome. So, you know, it's, it's working and they both, Neither question was so, I mean, Cubans for sure was super narrow for Instagram, it's around hiring. That's LinkedIn more than Instagram. Sean's question was a little more passionate, a little bit more that works, but both over-indexed it, both over a million views on Instagram, which is a high watermark for me, because they have brand equity. 
so you can imagine, you know, this is why the ask, you know, I, I know you guys have heard this, watch what I'm doing, not what I'm saying. The Ask Gary V show was a quick early tell of how smart I understood this. I started a Q&A show because I didn't have to do anything to create the content. The content was, I was put on third and a half base. I just had a feel, I leaned into my self-awareness that I understand what I'm talking about in my world and I'm quick to think and I can do it. Every day, somebody walked in and asked me four questions, I just answered them. So easy. The questions were happening on Twitter which inherently created more awareness of me because people saw people asking me questions. So I'm very good at, you see where I'm going? I'm very good at creating frameworks, which led me to what ended up being the holy grail of, I'm gonna just fucking film myself as often as humanly possible and post-produce. And when you do your, pod, your podcast, sometimes they're in person. You wanna get real crazy, I apologize. I, I don't, I've never said this out loud. This entire program was built on that thesis, not on the thes- any other thesis. I'm gonna put myself in a room to answer more specific business questions for the content. Fuck the revenue. All right, everyone, I've got to cut in here. This is Nick. Now, if we put a period on the end of that sentence and we just let it breathe for a second, we can quickly do the math and understand that the revenue brought in by 4Ds is not the primary objective for Gary and why we do it. Really, um, 4Ds is a place where we've been able to affect entrepreneurs in the hundreds, but even through this podcast, we've been able to affect people at scale. And that really is what's most important to Gary in his journey to becoming one of the most prolific and impactful entrepreneurs of all time. And that's a pretty cool thing to be a part of for us. So just really let that sink in for a second and we'll get back into the episode. Podcast excites me for a lot of reasons because it's a triple arbitrage. You're making audio, and if you hire a writer, you're actually quadruple arbitraging. Now you can turn it into written form, the transcription. What about if you just use this technology? I'm always into it. To just record it and transcribe everybody, it? Everybody, everybody, when they kind of, tr- you know, a lot of people are in no culture, right? That is not true for the six of you. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing if you weren't into yes culture. But as you can imagine, most people are into no culture. And the easy thing for everybody to say to me, especially now that people are becoming more aware of me, they're like, easy for you, Gary, you have a whole team. I'm like, I didn't have a team for eight fucking years, motherfucker. I have a team because I did it for a decade, which eventually gave me leverage to have a team. Right, you earned the team. I fucking did everything, I fucking did it. I used to, I mean, I was, re- the first version of me to society was on Twitter outside of my YouTube wine show and it was built on the fact that I spent seven hours a day on Twitter replying to everybody that was talking about wine. Every one of the seven of us can go on Twitter right now, search a keyword of anything to do with our business and literally jump into a conversation as if we were at a Chamber of Commerce event and biz developing. People are either not educated or just hate the fact that the game is predicated on quite a bit of a lot of work. Every, you know, like this dollar eighty strategy that I put out, everybody who does it gets results. Because nobody's replying to comments. So when you do, it stands out. Everyone's like, I want to grow my Instagram. I'm, I'm like, I'm aware of selfish motherfucker. What about being selfless and actually reply to the eight people? You just posted an hour ago, eight fuckers said something and you didn't have the humility or foresight to reply to them. You just had the audacity to ask why you didn't get 12 comments. You literally posted something. People literally replied and you left. It's like giving a presentation in a business format People asking you questions of the pre- from the presentation and you walking out of the room and going home. That's what people do every day on Instagram and then they're baffled why they're not growing. Because everybody cares about themselves. And that's not what the audience likes to feel. You guys watched me because I was bringing value. Hey everyone listening, this is Nick hopping back in. I wanna underline Gary's point here because it's one that we get often within 40s. We get individuals, operators, marketers wanting to grow the social accounts of profiles of either a brand logo or individuals within an organization. The secret sauce is simply what Gary just laid out. Engagement, meaningful interactions, and providing value. 
Now, I know that this might be one of those things that is a little bit difficult or foreign at first, maybe given the format of a social platform or the landscape. But I think the most impactful way to begin this process is to simply just start. Whether it's embarking on conversations on Twitter by searching key terms like wine or Pinot Grigio like Gary did, or finding something that's relevant to your business in the format of a Facebook group or an Instagram hashtag and engaging thoughtfully will yield the return that you ultimately desire. The difference is consistency in time. Let's get back into the episode. Yep. Do you think there was some magic to you starting on Twitter and being deeply involved in one platform? Because I think one of the... No, I think it's a talent game. Hmm. I think of this about, I think about this like Deion Sanders. Okay. If you're capable of playing baseball and football, you play it. So for me, it wasn't that I was deeply involved in that because I was deeply involved in YouTube and blog and bulletin boards, which was fucking OG shit that mattered. So no, it's that I'm a great communicator and love getting my hands dirty and as patient as fuck. So all that mixed into a very good formula. But you know, but I also notice in the history since I've been a professional, I've been on every arbitrage, Google AdWords, e-commerce, email, YouTube, social media, everything except one thing. There's a huge gap in my resume from 2002 to 2006, and that was the blog era. Remember? Blogs exploded. Because I didn't have infrastructure around me, and because I can't write for shit, I just had to sit there frustrated as fuck and watch it pass me. I would have the number one blog in wine in 2004. I knew it was happening. There's nothing that's gonna happen in consumer behavior, in communication that I'll ever miss until the day I die. And now the reason I built the machine is to always be able to take advantage of it. But I missed, like it's a fun thing, you know, I've never, I don't think I've really said this out loud either. It's the one gap in my resume. I couldn't write. Self-awareness. Do you feel like focus is a challenge for small businesses? Because it's like you go to a thing like this. I think, think, no, I don't think focus is a challenge. I think people not mapping their execution to their ambition. Got it. I don't think it's focus. I think it's excuses. Mm -hmm. I think people talk a big game that they want to build a $100 million company, but aren't willing to do the sacrifices, nor should they. If one isn't passionate enough or happy enough to sacrifice golf, or family time, or leisure, then they shouldn't. But I think it's, I think focus is, um, I'm running out of time or focus is the great entrepreneurial excuse for my actions don't match my ambitions. I think we need a huge culture of I wanna build a $400,000 business. I think the number one thing that will lead to so much more happiness in our society is people raising their hand and saying, I'm gonna build a $480,000 business. Meaning net profit. I'm gonna do a million in revenue, 520 in expenses, and I'm gonna fucking love life. I, I want that so, you know, I think people are so confused by what, at times, what I'm actually saying. I want to buy the New York Jets. Right. Most people should not, or do not, or, you know, or don't. So, no, I don't think it's focus. I think people actually don't wanna put in the hour of work in replying to their DMs because they're not hungry enough, because it doesn't make them happy enough, and that's super okay. But right now, entrepreneurship is in the same place that college was 20 years ago, where everybody has to get a degree. Right now, everybody has to build a huge business, which is counter to what the internet allows, which is the internet's the greatest place to build small businesses. Got it? So I I, I think, and that's why I push, like, this is how it, this is how my content evolved. My 2012, 13, 14, 15 content was very tactical because I don't want to be a motivational speaker. But then, like, being deeply in making this content, I started looking at the comments, listening, I'm like, fuck, this is a mental game. Mm -hmm. This is people's frameworks of how they see things. You have to put yourself in, ready? Back to looping it all the way back. We have to put you in a position that you enjoy the process that lends itself to the biggest output of content. So instead of a podcast, maybe you're doing a pro bono event for organizations, for female employees, always, but what you're really doing is filming it. Mm -hmm. I publicly speak for two reasons. I enjoy it, like genuinely enjoy it, and 
it's unbelievably effective for top of the funnel creative for me for things that I'm trying to aspire to do. All right, I'm cutting back in just to underline a point that Gary made about a minute or so ago. Now, I think for many of you sitting at home, in the car, at the office, maybe working out right now, one of the things that you wrestle with is, I don't know, is is podcasting already had its moment? Am I too late? Is it too late to be on Instagram? Is it too late to start my YouTube channel? And the answer is very simple. It's no. It's never too late to start, but more importantly, it's so early for all of these platforms. Now, the decision is where do you put your energy and focus and which one of these platforms is best suited for your skill set? Are you a visual storyteller? Are you better in written format? Are you better conversationally? Which format is best suited for you and your skill set? So how do you map that back to your content strategy? Let's get back into the episode. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things I'm struggling with is, you know, when you say uh, your default is the hustle part, uh, I find that that's my default as well, that I can handle and grow something by sheer will. Yeah, and then as things grow and you have a few more brands and the things are bigger, then you almost have to trust other people and things don't grow at the same pace and, and you wish you wish that you were all in on one thing, but you actually can't take your eye off the ball and other stuff, so you can't go all in as you did at the very start. Because you're trying to win games 31 to 27, and I'm trying to win games 210 to 209. Okay, so you just play longer game. It's not, long, it's not longer, it's that I don't care about at the fact that anybody who touches it besides me is doing it at a 60 to 70% version of me because I don't get to judge for the customer. Owners overreact on the customer's behalf. Just, got it? Just because you know what you would have done if you did it, I don't have to have my client feel the delta between what I would do versus what Sanan would do. I need them to feel what the difference is between Sanan and any other agency would do. And owners get fucked up and think about the difference between them and their employees, which is why they all micromanage, which is why they don't build big businesses. It's cool, right? You know, I got re- you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I'm, I'm having a moment with myself right now. Here's what happened. My dad is so the polar opposite of me that I got to grow up, and, and I was so different naturally that I actually got to watch both ways play out in extremes. My dad's two highest paid employees for the entire course of him running the liquor store worked the register because he didn't want people to steal. My cousin and the most senior other employee were the cashiers. There were literally customers walking on the floor looking for help. You could have gotten much more percentage of their wallet and he didn't want that. He wanted them at the register because he played defense against stealing. Mm. Got it? That's why. You're in that framework. That's your perspective. You're fearing that you don't know what Karen's gonna do with it, and thus you may lose it. So you're going there. What I'm doing is getting two more, knowing that Karen's gonna keep it five to nine out of 10 times anyway. Yeah. I couldn't get those two if I'm sitting here making sure Karen doesn't lose it. Yeah. That's what it is, I promise you. It's what it is. And then what, what, that help, what I'm good at is getting better at picking the Karens. Karen sucks, Rick. Rick sucks, Susan. Susan sucks, Sally. Jamal, Kanishwa, Juki, blah, 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 blah. But do you, do you not think that, you know, that many people have different styles and different ways to skin a cat and kind of your way is the hustle way, excuse those words, but it's, it's about getting your hands dirty. And even if they're talented individuals and you can trust them and you need big teams to grow, you know, because other companies grow with VC or partnerships or different stuff, like if you're doing it grassroots or organically, that at some point you have to get, you have to be involved in it. At some point, that spirit and that tenacity needs to be there. Sure. It needs to have a part of you in it. I have 900 employees in Singapore, London, and Los Angeles, and New York. I understand. Yeah. 
I do not feel it doesn't have me in it. Meanwhile, the entire company's out of here at 6 p.m., except my team. I don't require my employees to live the same framework I live. That's the other, that was the other, I mean, we're getting very meta with dad today. I just, it's another thing that just popped in my mind. My dad would spend all his time complaining about employees, not doing it his way. I'm like, why don't you make them your partner? If they're your equal partner in your liquor store, they'll probably work as hard as you. You're paying them 6.05 an hour. Owners are audacious. So it's, you're, either, you're either losing, and that's what I believe, leaving opportunity on the table out of audacity or ideology. Both are bad. You know? So was that ever a struggle for you? Nope. But so like, when you went but from that, Twitter to your first person that started to help first hire, it was like, okay, I need you to do this, and you were able to kind of turn. Well, you're talking about from a content standpoint, for me as a personal brand, Yes. I never gave it up. Mm-hmm. I still post everything. Like, the, like back to not having grammar skills, when I write a little bit on an Instagram post, you can sniff it out. <laughs> you know? So I don't make it, they're in post-production, but I just titled the post that's going up in an hour and 24 minutes. I just literally walked by Dania's desk, watched the King Botch question, thought about what I want to say, and actually titled it. That doesn't mean I won't let them title too, but the posting, I'll do, and the copy I write. When, that's why we created Team Gary V accounts. It's me. Nobody believes it's me. Because it's devastating when you think about your, like the amount of people that, the people that follow me have some version of not wanting to be like me, but are living similar-ish lives, and they're saying to themselves, all right, He's running a thousand person company. Like they're looking at everything and they're like, and they're running a six person company and they're not posting on their behalf. They can't even begin to start the process of thinking it's me. But I value the trenches and people value the ivory towers. And that is why nobody scares me. But also that's probably why your content is so performant is because it's authentically you. 100%. 100%. And that's what's different is so the end. frequently that's not. And I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like if you really like look at the landscape, people are pontificating for the sake of being a motivational speaker or a thought leader. Right. This is why I'm so bullish on you. You actually have the skill set. If tomorrow I started a wine only program, I would be the biggest in five minutes if I was not me. I have the knowledge. Yeah. You know, like, I would be a top five sportscaster in our society right now if I started. I know a lot about sports, and I know how the framework works. Mm-hmm. I'd be bigger than Stephen A. Smith, I promise. <laughs> it wouldn't even take me that long, Stephen. That. 100%. That's, that's a compliment to Stephen A. that I use him as the, <laughs> as the context. But he wouldn't win. Yeah, that's a compliment, but like, there's. The audacity is very high in my body, and I would deliver because I know the consumer, yeah. and I know how to get the awareness. Mm-hmm. So, basically, in my business, our growth strategy for the past year and a half has been stores, 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 physical, and physical retail stores. Your own or selling wholesale? Um, our own. How many? Um, we have five right now, and what we've been doing is we've been able to get like percentage of sales deals. And so we have real estate's fucked. We have real estate's fucked. That was the the idea. I love it. You know, back to like underpriced attention, everyone's shitting on retail. Mm -hmm. And I think this is going to be a golden era for retail. You're dead in retail if you signed your lease six years ago and have 14 years to go. Right. If you're buying real estate today, there is some arbitrage. Right, we don't we don't have any long term. So all like almost month to month, like we I understand. Pull out whenever we yep. want. Good. Um, and I've been working in the stores, and so I've been love it, learning a lot. And I think what's missing is the story that I've seen developed from my dad from 2010 to 2019. And what I mean by that is, 
um, you know, people will come in and there's such a demand for athletic clothing, but buy without leaving, yep. without really understanding that. that and it's sense. hard to, you know, train your, you, you do your best to train your sales associates on the story. You should tell the stories before they walk in and after they walk in okay. and not rely on it being in the store. Okay. It should be a part of it. Right. But your control from the top right. is extraordinary. Right. And that's what I'm, I want to do here is um, I really want to show where the values of the business are. And I think, you know, what my dad values and something we were talking about recently was he said, he's like, I don't really care about making money. I just want to express my creativity and create a great product. I understand. I want that to, you know, I want everyone in the business to know that and I want every customer to know that. Listen, I have had a really intriguing time with myself in the last year of realizing how much money is unbelievably not interesting to me. So I understand that and believe it could be true. I like it as a competitor because it's a scoring mechanism. Obviously I want to buy the Jets and realize I'm not going to win it on car, I'm not going to buy them on karma, but I get it. Yeah, and that's happiness. The, that, happiness. That was the whole idea. Was he saw what the craft beer companies were doing to the bigger beer distributors, mm-hmm. and he wanted to do the same thing with the parallels. And by the way, quality. and by the way, why stories and contextual stories and contemporary stories matter? Against all odds, some of the stuff we're doing with Budweiser around actually telling stories, whether Women's World Cup or D Wade, this is why big companies, when Goliath starts understanding how to act like David, good shit can happen right. to Goliath. Right. Yeah, so I guess my question is, I want to be able to convey that, and I want to think, I've been thinking about where to start, whether, I mean, I'm hearing podcasts a lot. Podcast, YouTube. Right. I mean, this is super, like, it's literally just a game of starting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can get into the weeds of, like, paid ads and all that stuff, but I think I really want to just nail the story first and get that out there. But I'll, I, I've got some good news. The story's a piece of cake. Yeah. It act, you're it's not true. correct. It's there. You're not you're not Vince McMahon and Walt Disney. Right. You have a literal actual story. It's why mine's so easy. I sold lemonade. I sold baseball cards. I bagged ice. Like it's not like I didn't have to think about it. It's true, it's authentic. It's authentic. What was your dad thinking in two thousand seven that led him to two thousand ten? Like you can do this in perpetuity. Okay. What happened in nineteen seventy nine? You know, like, you can do this in perpetuity. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you're overthinking it. Yeah. Just start. Just tell it. Tell it. Just tell it. Yeah. Like, take your fucking phone and stick it in your dad's face and say, hey, talk and yeah. post it. Yeah. And then read the comments and be like, ooh, people like that part. Right. Bottom up. Everyone's top down. Everyone's like, I'm going to figure it out and they're going to like it. I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I'm going to watch what they like. Got it? Yeah. Just fucking post. Yeah. I mean, I literally look like a hostage in the Middle East in like my fucking first Wine Library TV episode. True. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I look at them like, that's like cliche 1984 hostage situation shit. My question is, um, you say like fuck fear or stuff like that. Yes. Um, for me, that's like easy once I, like I get to know people. And okay. I, you know, but however, when it's new, it's not like that. I understand. And that's how I kind of came to about knowing you. Because okay. People that do know me. Yeah. Like I'll go on a rant mode, but then yeah. they'll be like, "Holy shit, have you heard of this guy?" Yeah. You're like, "Who the fuck and is this guy?" Yeah. <laughs> and it's for like similar reasons. Like I'll, I never, like I'll dress regularly, but I don't care for shit what my hair looks like. Just mm-hmm. most of the time, just put a hat on because it's that bad. Um and just straight work hustle. But it's not, I wouldn't say it's because I care, because I'll post anything. I don't give a shit about Facebook, about any of it. Okay. But when it's in, like, I guess in person or like this, it's a little bit different. You That's just, okay. Like, how do you break out of that? Practice. But when you're hustling 24 7 for like the past, you know what I mean? You're isolated. Yeah. Like, yeah. You go to work Friday at 8 a.m., you go home Sunday. I get it. I did it. It so still doesn't change. It still doesn't change the answer to your question. Wait, wait, what's his question? What, what a part about doing it in the, person? Like, like, yeah, the, I guess, yeah. And why do you want that to happen? Is that in real human life, or is that for business purposes? 
no, real, like human life, because yeah. when, so you can, I mean, be yourself, and then that's a little bit, versus being Here's my thing, this may, you know, I don't know if this is gonna liberate you, but I can't believe how much this is, after working through, but practice, talk, 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 think, think, think. The reason I'm good in both, I think, or that's not, that's not a good word, comfortable in both, is because I know that nobody knows me all the way. I don't mind, you're just talking about judgment. You do know that. It's just judgment. And by the way, same with me. I'm a tough guy on video and on stage. I'm far more passive. Like I'm high energy, like ask Nick, ask Sanan, ask them. Like I'm very passive, non-confrontational, like very much in real life. It's just, a, you know, context matters. So I understand how people can be different. But what you're referring to, interpersonal, new, first time, networking, or what have you, it's, judge, it's judgment. You actually value the person's judgment, which I actually understand, we all have that. Here's my thing on judgment. They don't have the context to be able to judge you. The reason, but it's also, here's what's a very important part. What people don't understand about this is the following. The reason I can deal with people misjudging me, and plenty of people do, often, is because I also don't listen to people that give me accolades. The reason people are so vulnerable to judgment is because they thirst accolades. Because they care what other people think. They thirst acclaim, they get it, but then when they get negative feedback, they've already put feedback on a pedestal. I can't hear either. Hmm. You know, do you know how flattering it feels for somebody to say they have goosebumps that you walk into a room? Do you, do you, like, like just even comprehending that right now as I say it out loud is, is wild. It's so flattering. I don't know what to say. It's just like remarkably flattering. However, how that synthesizes through my body is equal to somebody saying that I'm a snake oil salesman. That's why I'm able to deal with everything. I just know that you don't know who I am. And I don't know who you are. If your legacy is that you own the, the baseball team? Football. Football, sorry. The okay. Get this sport. man out of here. Go ahead. But if that's your legacy. That won't be my legacy. Know, but Speaking if, of judgment. But if but it's something that you, you achieve. And, yes. But if, you, if this is the greatest human organization. Yes. Is, would you, is that enough? Like, is it okay that you do it through communications and through advertising, or do you do you think that this is a stepping stone? You say for brands, or I think the would you be happy I, with that. I think the question becomes for whom. You know, when you ask, is it okay? For me, you mean? I assume that would be the right set. Yeah. For me, the I don't buying the New York Jets is my ambition. The process of trying is my happiness. Mm. Yeah. I've already won. It's over. You're already, okay, you're already happy. It's over. <laughs> okay. an, I don't want the trophies. Yeah. I want the process. Once I started putting a lot of pieces of my life together, I dropped the Yankees and the Rangers when they won their championships. I stopped following them. Because I don't want what most people want, which is to wear those hats and jerseys to give me self-esteem through an outside force. I have my own self-esteem. I want the chase. I used to judge myself that I used to just want girls to like me and that was enough. Like, I didn't understand that. I thought I was a bad person, right? Like, you know, that was just like not, I remember like, I would talk to my mom about it, like I just want to get them to like me. I don't even want, it wasn't even about like hooking up and not talking to them, just the process of could I. And it felt like, it felt bad in that format, but in real life it's actually a very good format of happiness. You're not looking for that validation or that trophy, you just like your game. I'm just so happy. I guess my question stems from the personal branding part because uh, for me, personal branding and the history of advertising is kind of in a way. Uh, and that, that you're actually, you're an inspiration to many for uh, non-advertising related yes. industries. Correct. But actually, because of what you've done, you're an inspiration you know, you, you're already up there with the, with the legendary advertising figures like Ogilvy and those guys. Wait, yeah. uh, you're, you're being very flattering. Like what I don't think people understand what I'm really up to and you're, you're, you're starting to go down that path and I don't want you to steal my thunder so I'm jumping in. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna break the whole 
history of it. But do you do you recognize and do you know that that's a part? Is that a, a yes, part I'm excited of about it. Okay. I'm excited that it's not about Vayner becoming a billion dollar holding co, which it will. I'm excited that 21 year old Karen is gonna start a great shop and never sell it to publicists. The only way you break our industry is don't let the bankers buy up all the shops. I don't do that by building a huge company. I do that by inspiring an entire generation of 20 year olds to build a shop and be happy with 1.3 million, kicking 400,000 and enjoying their work-life balance in the way they decide it should be done, not whatever is politically correct at the moment. Work-life balance is gonna be super differently politically correct when the world melts. There's gonna be a different point of view of how you should do it. So, yes, for sure. Yeah, my, I wanna be the greatest entrepreneur of all time because it's a fun thing to aspire to and it will not come in making the most money. It will come in the form of bringing the most value to the most entrepreneurs in the world. And I think I got a shot. Because I'm 43 and I'm far along and have a lot of leverage and momentum and having 50 fucking more years at least to do it. So if I buy the New York Jets in the following execution, I'm in perpetuity known that the Jets come up for sale in 17 years, but I've not amassed enough money, but every entrepreneur that I've affected with free value <laughs> kicks in and we buy them. That's a fucking good ending That's a to coup. a movie. Yeah. That's a super cool coup. Feels better. Just, just think about like when I, you know. Sometimes I think about that, and honestly, I'd prefer to do it myself at some level. But I kind of think that that's kind of cool too. And like, I, and was like, and the movement of like prefer to do it myself to what I just painted you has gone like this, right? Which means probably in ten years I'm gonna be like, fuck it, I'm gonna crowdsource the whole thing, right? Like, you know, um, super interesting how life actually works. I, I think karma is the most practical thing on earth. I really, really do. Was there a transition from goal focus to journey focus? A hundred percent. What was that transition like? It was awareness of what I was up to in the thoughtful moments of my life. There wasn't a tangible thing. It wasn't that I consumed anything. It was just higher level of self-awareness. Right. It, was, it was always there. It's what I was always doing. I just didn't realize it. So it was really subconscious to conscious awareness of journey over, right? Yep. What awakened your self-awareness? Did you intentionally, did I've that been, happen through like meditation or something? No, or just come no. about you? And, and again, I'm not educated enough on how we describe meditation. Like, like this is funny to say out loud. I talk to myself all the time. I don't know if I'm meditating. I don't know if that's what everybody does. I don't know what you guys are doing, but like, I don't know. Like if I'm taking a shower or like on a plane or like, it's just very common for me to be thinking and talking, not like, hey Gary, it's not that literal, but it's like, I'm always thinking. I'm in tune. And I'm in tune with myself. And like, me. Yeah. I'm not paying attention to out. It's why I don't consume a lot. I figured out what it brings me escapism, the Jets. You know, I f- you know, there's things that bring me escapism, which I think we all need. Some golf, some vacation a lot, some read, that's fine. Consuming movies is, it's, it's, I understand escapism. That took a while, I'm like, oh, that's why I like it. You know, actually that one came pretty intuitively, pretty quickly. By the time I was in my mid 20s, I'm like, oh, the Jets are good for me, but I took it very literal. I was like, oh, the Jets play during the holiday season of Wine Library, and because it's so hard, it's so nice to have this thing on Sundays that after working 150 hours a week from Monday to Saturday, and that was very, very literal, but now it's macro, right? Like. There's only one thing on earth, and it's the New York Jets, that when I'm in it, nothing else matters. Truly. I, literally, you could tap me on the shoulder and say, the internet has been disabled, alcohol has been banned, and we're taking your voice out of your body, and I'm like, cool, just let me watch the third quarter. And that's an incredible thing to have, and I wish that on everybody, and I think people have it. I think they have it. I'm, I think escapism is very good. I think a lot of people use leisure to escape their unhappiness of their profession. I think a lot of people, that's where I get kind of worried. You know, are you really into golf and movies and all this stuff because you actually hate your nine to five? 
which is still, no matter what, gonna take up a big percentage. Who's got questions? Um, I, well, I'll just give, if I could. Please, yeah, I don't wanna get out of order. This, is, but, so this was but, a little but, bit, but I think my, people are asking, we can keep bouncing. My spiel is, um, you know, kind of like you and your dad, like he taught me to be successful, to be happy, and I always argued, now I wanna be happy to be successful. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of a disciple of like Dan Millman, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. That's kind of what I... What is that? I apologize. It's, it's just it's just a, a way of looking at the uh, world? developing peak performance in athletics. Understood. Okay. So um, I am approaching my business as a startup. I haven't sold a thing yet. Okay. Is I feel like I'm my own customer and I know how advertisers are getting to me. So why don't I emulate what they're doing to try to get to other people like me that maybe want to follow their hearts or break 80 or become on the, you know, make it on the PGA Tour. And I've seen that through Facebook funnel marketing to get you to a website that has content and then the content might lead to something else. Is, should I, is that I a decent approach? I apologize, my wife texted me something. I apologize, go to the last part, I apologize. So the last part is, if I'm my own customer, yes. I'm the guy, you're scratching the peaceful warrior trying yeah. to you know, pursue I see. a passion, I understand. Go ahead. should I, I know how people market it to me and I buy it, and it's through Facebook funnel marketing. You know, okay. golf advertisers, every fifth post on my Facebook is a, Okay. You know, a guy just trying to suck me into a funnel. And why buy everything? Why? Because I want to learn about what they're doing. I want to see what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. Good content, bad content, whatever. Yeah, you're coming from a B2B approach more than a B2C approach. Okay, so. Right? It, Think about that, right? Like, even the fact that you're aware that this is a funnel means you're thinking about it more as a B2B approach than a B2C approach. And I'm so, not 100% sure. I know let me say you. it again. When you see that stuff, you're aware of that what that stuff's trying to do to you, and yes. you're probably looking at it to see if you can learn anything for you to do it to somebody else. That's right. You okay. got it. You're doing exactly. B to B. B to C is you're just doing it for people that actually like golf. Okay. So where you need to be careful, this is why the whole information selling <clears throat> ecosystem was built. Like all the stuff that I'm not as fond of, which is lowest common name in marketing, like you know, is everybody's watching it, somebody higher up the pyramid to them and buying their course or their thing in the back of the room, right. just to, they're actually buying it so they can do it to somebody else. Well, even if I reverse my mentality and put the customer first and I am B2C, or I, I've got to choose the outlet that I, got, I reach them through. Yes, the outlet's simple. Like, well, we can give you the, the outlet, there's nothing easier than figuring out the outlet. You follow me and you watch everything I do every day. It's the biggest tell of all time. Why am I asking for your cell number? For my health? Because I think it's funny? No, because for 20 years I understand where the consumer's going next and texting is open for business. Where you deploy it, my friend, you've already figured out. Follow me, I'll give you all the information for free by you watching what I'm doing. What you need to figure out is that you're actually doing it for the end consumer, not for somebody who's then trying to, like, that's the problem, with, that's where those well, things. Well, my goal is to inspire the broken heart. The people that didn't live their dreams, I want them to do it. I think that's amazing. I want amazing. them to be empowered to do it. How, what are you selling them? Um, a way of finding peace. I'm actually selling them, the, the actual product is how do you work, how do you get into the zone? Like I've played sports my whole in, life, in, football in what, and everything. In, I understand that, in what format? In what container? Uh, well, uh, initially a web format where there's content and content teaches it, but actually okay. the content is a teaser to get into more direct coaching, interactive coaching. Understood, so I think, I think the reality is is that as long as you're coaching for that specific thing, you're gonna have a much better chance than coaching them for the sake of coaching. And what you need to do, in my opinion, this is where people's personal brands get destroyed, is value people, value filtering the right people who you believe will get value versus anybody who will write a check. Okay. I mean, I could have a $50 million a month mastermind at this point. I mean, probably not, but like, it could be real big. Let, you know, there's just an awfully long line of people that want to pay me fifty thousand dollars a month to like hang out with me. But that would lead to the quick erosion of my brand. Yeah. This was hard for me, in a world where I wanted the content. This was hard. A full Disney and Zappos-like ten thousand dollar thing, but I was worried that it was too close to things I don't believe in. That's why it's only an hour of me. 
I needed to not be that. I needed to be way more Disney and you know, be our guest, Danny Meyer and Zappos. This is Vayner. This is Claude. This is Vayner. Nick. I'm thrilled. I like. I'm li- literally. If I didn't want the content, I wouldn't do it. I'm very aware that less people would sign up. That's super great. I leave money on the table all the time. That's four Ds. So you can imagine if this, right? Once in a while, people try to razz me like, You're, you, you are monetizing four Ds. I'm like, motherfucker, if I was monetizing my audience, I wouldn't do it in something that, at the end of the day, you know how much I'm making on the 12,000 bucks? Personally, once it funnels through the machine and overhead, 80 bucks, 800 bucks, whatever, whatever it is, I promise you, it's not as interesting as other shit I could be doing. So, well, thank you. It's the, same, it's the same reason I sell wine and sneakers. If I'm going to do anything with my community, it needs to be about passions of mine and things they may be doing otherwise. Like, you're, if you buy, I don't want anybody who only wears sandals to buy my K-Swiss. I want people to consider it versus another pair of sneakers. I don't want anybody who doesn't drink wine to buy empathy. If you're going to BevMo or fucking Total Wine and I brought you value, I want you to sign up for empathy. Not to mention the fact that then on top of that, I'm producing a $40 wine for 20 bucks. You know what I mean? So like that's how I think about shit. You see where I'm going? Yeah. It's very important. Otherwise, you'll just be like everybody else and that, that industry continues to decline. Too many people like me giving it away for free. Just a question related to what you said about the on coming next and related to what your vision was when you set up Vayner Media. Where are you on blockchain in terms of media uh, with the coins like Dodge and Basic Attention Token and those ones? It's too early. I'm watching it. But and would you would you then change your vision and go all in on something like that? Yeah, I mean that's the best world for me. Like when you have the leverage, you don't want anybody in the middle to take anything. Essentially, we're just in about advertising agencies. But would it need to relate to the the vision of creating a great human organization, the world's greatest? Like imagine if imagine if blockchain and your bet didn't really uh, have as many people. Imagine it was robots and you were no longer the world's greatest organization. The market is more powerful than my ambition. So if in your extreme scenario, if it's robots, then it's robots. Like, I don't have any interest in fighting tidal waves. Fight them. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand how people fight against technology. It's undefeated. But a lot of it, a lot of it needs to be disrupted in some industries. A lot of it causes corruption and things like that. Always. There's nothing more corrupt than countries printing currencies. You know, if you know, I think what's fun about you is like you like to get philosophical. Like this can get real. You can you can stay on this forever, or it can get real simple. Like it just depends on what perspective you want to take with your conversations. You know, like. I mean, you could take this to the moon, but like, I think where people get caught up in the philosophical conversations of technology advances is they move too fast. One of the things I'm most proud of as like a micro bet in the last three or four years is VR. I mean, if you look carefully enough in my content, three, four years ago, two years ago, four years ago, I was so on it. Everybody was hot, Magic Leap this, VR that, CES 2017 was all about VR, VC funds VR, 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 and I was, yes, and I was extremely loud saying this is not close. Because I don't guess. I, I, I bought Bitcoin in 2014. But I'm not a blockchain expert. I'm not into gold rushes. I grew up in the alcohol, I, I owned weedlibrary.com in 1997. I've been, I've been on cannabis, but I'm not a cannabis expert. I'm patient and thoughtful and pay attention. I don't need to brand myself as an expert. Or like, or, do you know how many people, literally that we all know on Twitter or other things, have in the last four years been a social media expert, a blockchain expert, and a cannabis expert? And there's nothing wrong with chasing news. I mean, there's a lot of quick money to be made. And I don't judge, it's just not what I'm interested in. 
And so timing matters to me. And so for example, if we're gonna go lit- practical on the blockchain conversation, <coughs> we got a long way to go. We also have Russia, China, and America to fight. Yeah. You think they're gonna give it up so fast? The treasury. People are so naive about blockchain. Blockchain undermines the whole thing. If blockchain wins, then the only thing countries have are weapons. Because if you take away the peer-to-peer infrastructure of currency, it gets real weird real fast. Whoever the fucking Illuminati are, they're not about blockchain. Who do you think they are? <laughs> I don't know. It's really funny. Like, the I so don't believe in it. I couldn't believe in it less. Okay. I think it's the subconscious insecurity of man and woman that creates the the Illuminati. A dark force out there. People desperately like to think somebody else has control. Yeah. I don't. Accountability. Accountability, brother. Ugh. You got it. Accountability is my Illuminati. (laughs) There you go. You know? That's a tweet. Yep. You know, how about we actually take accountability into a play? America is deeply racist. Guess what? You can move. You could. You could. I mean, I'm in America from from religious persecution. I'm a refugee. Being Jewish in post-World War II Soviet Russia meant both my grandfathers spent significant time in jail for being Jewish. Like, I, I hate when people are naive. We have so many shortcomings in America. But life's about alternatives. Like, it's just, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, that, like I hate so many things. Anything that isn't kind and wonderful to people, I'm, I'm against. It's just that, like, how are you going to boil that ocean? Well, it's back choice. to, you know, in action. It's just like, and, and by the way, like, people can say, easy for you to say, I, I fully understand that. Cool. I'll take it. Easy for me to say. Now, like, then, I, then it's just a comma of now what? Right. Like, your happiness doesn't come on blaming, you know, like, like, it just is what it is. Like, we have the internet. And honestly, I wouldn't have talked like this pre internet. I mean it. I think the internet is grossly underrated. I have a question for you on a separate topic. Yep. Well, you, earlier you talked about breaking things and that, you know, like when we were talking about the advertising industry and the yes. marketing industry, and you're like, I want to break this. And I also want to just basically break everything about women's health. Love. And really do build technology that seems impossible. And what advice do you have for like someone who's tackling a similar mission? Tell the truth and make content at scale. That's it. It's why I like cannabis. I have no idea. I failed all my science classes and suck at anything to do with health, knowledge. But deeply, as one human being, subjective intuition, I deeply believe that cannabis cures a lot of things that Big Pharma doesn't. Like deeply. Like every ounce of my soul. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm like the reverse because my dad is such one, you know? But man, it feels right to me. Mm-hmm. And so like, I love that there's so much evolution of like people that have expertise, that have thoughts. And that's what the internet does. Cool. Speak the truth. If I supported television advertising and programmatic banner advertising, VaynerMedia would be a billion dollar company today. 100%. I eat my own dog food. Well, I was going to, uh, the make content at scale thing, uh, which is why I think we're all here in some form or fashion. Yeah. Uh, I often find it challenging. One, I know I get in my own way a lot, because it's like, oh, it needs to be perfect. I come from, like, producing music videos yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's so you're it's already like a, dead. Oh, budget, oh. Yeah, any, so how old are you? 38. Right, anybody, um, like, over 20, yeah. who ever did producing something yeah. is the deep shit for yeah, what exactly. I believe in. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> the whole religion... Because there's value on the quality whole, versus, course. like... Subjective quality. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the notion made about the comparing yourself right? to the employees that... Like, is Blair Witch yeah. Project quality? Yeah. Is a Casey Neistat? Five thousand. Like, what, what yeah. is, qu- like, subjective quality? Right, right. right. It's, uh, when Steven Spielberg said Netflix movies shouldn't be part of it, I, was, I laughed mm. so hard inside. I was like, and now he's finished. Right, right. That's literally what threw my mind. Like literally, it was insane how much, I, by the way, when I said he's finished, I meant for one human who gets to make one judgment, me. I'm like, oh, he's a loser. Which blew me away about him because he was really judged in the late yeah. 70s for his film style. It wasn't supposed to be right. I hate hypocrisy. Yeah. 
when people get old, nobody is worse in the world to me than an old, 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 finished entrepreneur. Because she or he often starts to use their money to change rules. It is the, it is the flaw of capitalism. You love it when you're a young lion, and then you want to change it when you're an old lion. Well, so Nick made a comment earlier, uh, market, don't market with the intent of conversion. And I think a lot around the oh, scale so of content and so forth. So I guess the, the struggle- Conversion is a, assumed when you bring value to the audience. Yeah, I guess the struggle is, okay, I got $10,000 to, to budget or 15 or 20 or 50 or whatever. And it's like, all right, put an ad on Facebook, drive conversion straight for purchases and get money in the door yep. or <coughs> drive money, that, you know, put other valuable content out that's a little more indirect. Like no, no, do that. Your larger, no, do yeah. that. Okay, but just make sure it's valuable. You'll find that it will convert better when it's valuable. Right, okay, fair enough. So what so I would do is, ready for this? I would take 8,000 bucks and do the one move you've got that works. Mm -hmm. It's this video against this audience, right? Yep. And I would take 2,000 bucks from that 10,000 and try shit. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. And then, do you understand? Yeah. Yeah, I'm practical. I'm not fucking Mother Teresa out here. Yeah. By the way, I can't use Mother Teresa anymore. Like, people get crazy. I guess the conspiracy, I guess she's bad too now. Like, what she do? I don't fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, there's bad. Trust me, I see the comments. Like, I, I haven't done the homework yet. But anyway. Yeah, it also seems like you place a lot more value on comments than metrics. I have heard you talk about any metrics. Is, is our comment, deeper comments to you, the that's the magic? Qualitative insights to help me figure out where I go next. Yeah value me, like I value that so much more than math that shows me what worked yesterday. Right. That's why I innovate. You're not in the rear view mirror. I'm not in the rear view mirror. I innovate. Lack of fear, you know? In that format. Mm. Similar to Judgment 101, like, I'm not scared to put out a put. You know, Instagram especially has just captured so many people of a generation. They literally post to maximize likes. They've killed their own creativity. People start creative on Instagram when people start following them and then they become a robot of the machine because they know it's, do you know how many attractive women, young women ask me secretly, like at a conference or at a DM of like, I, really know a lot about health and wellness, but when I post that, I get 4,000 likes, but when I post my ass or my boobs, I get 15,000 and I can't stop. And I'm like, okay, how about not having your self-esteem wrapped up in how many likes you get on Instagram? But, but it becomes the machine. How do you, I mean, anywhere there's, there's charlatans. And but by the way, that's the version of an attractive female than the version of a Life coach is saying something that isn't, re I mean, I, the people I combat on a daily basis are saying like, go for the money, get the car, do the, you know, like, this is what you get if you cut corners. Hot chicks in private planes, fun, and it's easy, and it's passive. <laughs> so there's a level of detachment. I mean, if you're, if, if you yes. tickle people and tell them what they want to hear. Yes, I'm completely detached. You're like I'm so detached. I don't even think I'm in this room. Yeah. Well, it's because you don't tickle people's ears. You just, it just comes. Whatever comes in your head comes out your mouth. It sounds like to me. Pretty much. <laughs> and I'm so, and I'm, and and I'm so petrified of being historically incorrect. That is my north star. Hmm. And that comes in all shapes and sizes. That's why I don't guess because I could be wrong, and then that clip could exist. I don't need somebody when I'm pontif, when the whole world knows who I am, when I'm said and done, I don't need, I don't need Rick from Chile raising his hand and say, you ripped me off. Not interested. I'm old school, bro. So what do you My want, reputation. What do you want your legacy to be? That I gave more than I took. Wow. I'm just a unique package for such an altruistic ambition, which is why I'm so confusing. To have somebody who has this kind of framework that also comes in the form of being a New Jersey immigrant who loves competition, fucks with the norms. 
I'm not a Buddha. I'm not a third generation insecure that I had so much money from grandpa that I'm gonna give it back to the world. I'm gonna be selfish and selfless on tilt on both forever. Make sense? Awesome. Which is why people are super thrown off by some of my points of view. It's actually where I think our society is gonna go. I'm actually really excited. I'm like, oh wait a minute, I think I might be a preview human. I think what's happening in America, and the world for that matter, is left and right are getting so pulled apart that eventually that breaks, and then we come back to the middle, and I think I'm practical optimism, which means I want, like the thought of like demonizing or, or, or winning on fear is just completely unacceptable. On the flip side, fuck you and your sixth place trophies. Like, I understand we all have dreams, I'm not gonna subsidize that from the top. So it's, you know, like, it's almost like if I'm at a dinner party and talking, like, people are so confused, they're not sure where I sit. Yeah. You know? On the piece about uh, TV ads and programmatic and the, the bits that you're leaving on the table, you know, is there something, what do you think of uh, the $600 billion spent on advertising globally and the consumers get none of it back? Would you? Do you think that that would be a way of blowing things up? No, I don't. Because if I think if you look at the last two decades of anything that looks that way, the human then becomes a person that values their Instagram likes over actual value. If we incentivize people to watch commercials, everyone loses. It's a great ideology. Go read, go read Markism. Go read it. Everybody in this room, if they read the seed to communism, would love it. Some things are good on paper. Mm. It sounds great to share the money with the person that watches the commercial until we realize what happens in the subconscious. But is there loyalty reward products like? Yes, delivering value for what you paid for it. Okay, Facebook disrupted a lot. They took a big lump out of that. How so? As in, so out of nowhere they get $60 billion of advertising revenue. I see. 10% of the market. But so did television from radio. So but you like what you'd like to do what Facebook did? Me? Yeah. No. I don't build platforms to amass wealth. I, like, I don't build highways. I like being the best toll booth collector. Got it? Yeah. I don't create games. That's a level above me and a different skill set. I'm just the best player. I don't want to vet baseball. I just want to be Babe Ruth. Make sense? Yeah. I have another question. I only speak in fucking analogies. It's so ridiculous. Like I'm like sitting here. I'm like, it's so weird. It's just like the way it's. It make, it make you know. It's so funny. To like live and like man. Of course I did well on Twitter. Everybody sat and looked at that thing and said 140 characters. I don't even know how to start. Like like everyone was crippled in 2007. And I was like, thank God. And then emojis came, and we started not caring about spelling, and autocorrect, I'm like, oh my God, I'm back. Like, like literally, that's what happened. That's actually what happened. That's actually what happened. Um, I, so maybe this is interesting to other people too. Please. Um, so you know, each of us have our own companies, but also we're here talking about our own personal brand. Yes. And how, you know, as you're creating all this content, and I know you have multiple channels. Um, how do you differentiate between like what is the content you're creating for your company versus the company the, the content that you're per- creating for your personal brand? And where is the intersection and the diversion between the two? Uh, the intersection diversion I leave to serendipity. I don't overthink it. I don't even know who's creating VaynerMedia's content. I'm sure somebody's currently assigned, which is probably the 37th attempt at it. Um, I just focus on what I'm doing. So all, all of your content you create goes just on your personal pages? That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm so intertwined with my business that, yeah. the, that the collateral sawdust of what I'm doing will always be far more effective than VaynerMedia's own content strategy. Gotcha. <clears throat> I believe. While I'm operational. I promise you, when I buy Puma tomorrow, probably the first and only thing I'll do about VaynerMedia is the content strategy. Because the collateral changes a little bit. How do you think that maps to the people in the room who maybe haven't done that already? Because I'm picturing people here. This room is so far away from producing enough of the content they need to be producing that I don't even worry about that. 
people ask me, like I've gotten into so much parenting content that like I get some fun stuff and they're like, Gary, my daughter's three. I'm really thinking about when she's 18, I'm like, bro, I'm like, let's worry about four. That's how I think about it. <laughs> There's so much more to be done right now, still on that, that I'm not just even worried about it. You know, it's funny, I spend a lot of time, which is why it's so fun to talk with you, on the super up here, which is where you're at, and then super down here and nothing in the middle, right? I have the macro thesis of what I think human beings are doing with technology advances, and that's it. And then I'm spending all my time on execution and minutia. And I think everybody's in the middle. They're not being thoughtful enough about the macro, mm -hmm. and they're not making. This Everything's is boring. Everyone's just not making. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. You're not making enough. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Super interesting. All right, as promised at the beginning of the episode, I know that that was a wild one. Um, and I'm here to answer any questions that you do have. So just as a reminder, you can email me nick at thesashagroup.com or shoot me a DM on Instagram at nickdio. I'm really available and I'm here as a resource for the community. So if you have an additional question, don't be afraid. Please feel free to reach out. Otherwise, I genuinely want your feedback. So if you have any notes, if there's any feedback that you have on how we can make these episodes better, if you'd like to see something specific, please feel free to send an email or shoot me a DM on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Inside 4Ds on the Gary Vee Audio Experience. And we hope to see you again super soon. Our next session is taking place on August 15th in New York City. So you can expect a new episode of Inside 4Ds about a week to two weeks after that. And last note, just to make it easier for anyone, if you are curious about attending 4Ds, we've included the link to the event page in the description of this episode. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. <laughs> Have a great day.